This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 76. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing amazing. I'm so excited. I highlighted an awesome book again this week. As you know, I'm obsessed with reading and I believe that books change lives. So the book that I highlighted this week was called Stop Missing Your Life, How to Be Deeply Present in an Unpresent World. This is by Corey Mascara and it is so great because it really does help us to not just, you know how they always say, oh, let's be present or be in the moment and absorb the moment. Uh, it's, it's way beyond that. This book is all about getting into what really is in our life where we're on autopilot. This is about so we can get into a place of where we are less distracted, where we are able to experience the richness that life has to offer. And you know what's so funny is that it was so hard for me to get those words out because I have to be honest, I was distracted. I was making sure <laughs> that my, my MP3 was being recorded as I was speaking. So I was not fully present there in that moment. So that is why it maybe came across a little distracted. So as you can see in this busy, crazy, unpresent world, we are definitely distracted and there's chaos that goes on around us. And then sometimes we actually end up reaching the end of our day or the end of our week or even the end of our life. And we feel like, oh my gosh, like you feel like you've missed it, that you weren't really there. So in this book, Stop Missing Your Life, the mindfulness teacher, Corey Mascara, he takes us on a journey that really, really gets to the heart of what it is required for us to really change and to go about having real change in our life, real growth and real happiness. So this book is not just about the simple advice of being present, but it's also teaching us how we can achieve true presence. So that's like the quality of being that's like, you know, it's very, very attractive. It's full of richness. It's full of honesty. It's full of peace. And uh, this is so important, especially in our world that we're in right now, right? That's so full of busyness, distraction, chaos. And um, actually, Corey spent six months in silence living as a monk. And he's a he's actually a positive psychology professor or instructor at Penn State University. So we are learning wonderful, wonderful tools from someone that not only has, you know, experience in mindfulness, we also are learning from someone that has um, scientific training and backing and education that can support us in this way. So what we're going to learn about is, and this is cool, this is called, he's gonna, he teaches us all about what he called the pain box. And he also is going to teach us about the four parts of uh, the face model, which is all about focus. It's about allowing, it's about curiosity and embodiment, and that we can actually chip away at the walls that prevent us from 
feeling and experiencing the richness that our life has to offer. So this book is so much more than that simple advice, be present (laughs) in the moment. Uh, It is so, so much deeper than that. Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes we put up these walls or these pain walls, or we have struggle that we've been through in our life that we create, you know, these stories and this cognitive pathways. And we have these habits that we have in place that actually prevent us from showing up and really experiencing our life to its fullest. So we end up missing our life. So this book is cool because I actually thought when I first picked it up, I actually thought that it was all about, you know, just that idea of mindfulness and being present. Uh, but there's so much more to it. I didn't realize that underneath the surface, we are really going to look at how, you know, how situations in our lives, how, um, like that we create these walls. So this book teaches us how to soften the walls so that we don't shut down to life. And it teaches us how to build the resources to stay open to what life has to offer. So we don't shut down right and miss it. So this whole book is so fantastic. Again, I always recommend that you purchase the book and support the author. If something sparks your interest here, because, uh, I have to admit there's so so many ideas for mindfulness practices and meditations within this book um, that it really, really will enhance that you're learning if you'd like to purchase the book as well. But for the purpose of this, we're going to highlight it, stop missing your life. Um, so first of all, he talked about within his book, the why being present is very hard. So why presence isn't easy. And the two things that he came up with and what he talks about within his book is that being human is actually hard and there is risk in fully being yourself and showing up as yourself. And that's what's preventing us from being deeply present in our world. So he talks about being human is hard. And what what does he mean by that? Is that if we cultivate an awareness of our past, so we know what we have gone through, we know the challenges, we know where we have wounds um, or traumatic experiences, they could be big, they could be small, wherever we kind of, if we have an awareness of the past, it can actually inform our present. And um, what he talks about within this book is that sometimes, you know, the wounds that we've experienced, the trauma that we've been through, big or small, um, it creates what he calls a pain box around us in that pain box, kind of, we stay in this comfort zone or that comfort box, and it prevents us actually from fully living freely and connecting deeply to other people and into the world. So it prevents us from showing up in our life. And that makes sense, right? So the idea of cultivating an awareness of what might have shown up for us, what might've happened and just acknowledge that our past actually does leave wounds and that this trauma, whether it's psychological or emotional, it really it really does create um, barriers and walls for us to experience our life. So this whole book is teaching us how we can soften those walls and that we know that um, that so trauma can be defined as anything that makes you feel less whole. It makes you feel less safe just to be yourselves. Anything that's happened in your life that makes you feel less able to experience the fullness of what life has to offer. So for example, you know, I was in a long-term relationship and it ended very suddenly and not by choice. And I am dealing with a lot of betrayal trauma associated with that. So it's very hard because I was was lied to and I was told that I was loved, but yet, um, 
there was there was betrayal there and so now it's very hard for me to trust moving forward it's hard to me to to believe if someone is actually loving me or liking me even and so i know that that's one of the walls that i'm putting up for myself and it's meant to keep me safe but that past trauma or that past challenge in my life is actually something that's moving forward and preventing me from experiencing the richness of what could be a potential relationship in the future. And it's affecting me and I know it's affecting me on so many levels. So it's just all about softening those walls. And the other thing that I do is, you know, we sometimes just grin and bear it or we put on that, you know, that brave face. Um, But the idea is, and that's why it's so hard to be fully present is because um, we've been through a lot. We've been through things that cause us to feel less whole. We've been through things that cause us to feel less safe, fully being ourselves. We've been through things that cause us to feel less able to experience the wonderful things that life can have to offer. And that's great because once we kind of know that this is one thing that might be holding us back, um, then it's it's really, it can be impactful. It's going to help us to show up fully in our life. And so it's really interesting that he brought this up within his book. So it's not just, a, you know, about being present in the moment. It's about looking underneath, like being human is hard. We are going to have struggle. We are going to have challenges. And those challenges are actually going to build up some walls that might prevent us from feel, experiencing the fullness of life. So I have a question for you. Can you think of something that has left you wounded? Think about something that has less made you feel, left, left you feeling less whole of a human. It causes you to feel less safe to be yourself. It just is something that's really holding you back. Even if you have to pause this podcast to write it down or make it, maybe pause to think about it, take a moment, um, because what happens is it's going to help you as we go through this practice, um, then you can actually work through that pain or through that, that the energy of shame or the energy of, you know, something that's beneath the surface that you aren't being fully honest about, or that maybe you haven't acknowledged. Um, so yeah, so the question is what's lingering beneath the surface for you? What is it? What are some deeper needs that maybe aren't getting met? Um, what, what walls are you starting to put up? So that is a really powerful exercise because when trauma becomes too much, maybe it's too soon or too fast, and um, we're, t- we're taking in so much uh, stimulation without enough time or ability to process it, uh, it integrates. And we sometimes like, ha- and we, if we don't like relate or release that excess energy from these experiences, that sometimes we just kind of push them down. We kind of like, you know, uh, smother them or we hide the pain or we, you know, you push them down and suppress them. And what he's talking about within his book is that by developing this idea of presence and by enabling us to stay connected to ourselves and by kind of tapping in and looking at our mind and what we might be thinking or ruminating or the stories we might be telling ourselves, um, by doing that, by being fully present and, and really acknowledging maybe some of these walls that we might have created, that we will better be able to process them, that we'll better be able to look at them because the reality is it's just simply being positive 
or trying to, you know, bypass the pain, uh, it won't work. It just makes you feel further disconnected from yourself, further disconnected from other people, or maybe we do numbing techniques or we pretend it's not happening. Um, And all those things is what he's saying within his book, prevent us from fully showing up in our life. And it's so true, right? So I know we all have, I mean, being human is hard. So the idea is, in what he talks about within his book is that being present isn't easy and presence isn't easy. Being focused in the moment and experiencing the fullness that your life has to offer. Now, the other thing that happens is there's a risk that comes with putting up this pain box. And he talks about there's a risk in being you. So there's a risk when you, there's a risk in expressing your needs. There's a risk in loving and there's a risk in being seen, right? There's a a, a risk in letting down your guard. Like heaven forbid, I do not want to go through what I went through (laughs) in this last relationship at all ever again. No, thank you. (laughs) So the reality is, is that I have a protective measure and I always joke that my heart is like bubble wrapped. I have bubble wrap all over my heart uh, because I don't want it to get hurt again. And so it's just, there's risk involved because that might, that bubble wrap might prevent my heart from opening to the richness of a loving, a loving relationship and a healthy relationship might provide for me and, and that I could have. So the risk is that we um, that we have these walls that we build up and that we not, might not be able to be show up fully. We may not be able to enjoy our life to its fullest. We might be missing out on life. So trauma, the traumas of life uh, really do impact us. Now, remember, I got to say like trauma isn't um, a catastrophic event, right? Sometimes people think when they think of trauma, they think like a terrible, terrible traumatic experience, but trauma is just an experience and how we interpret it. And it can be big or small. It can be macro or micro. Um, trauma is just something that's made us feel less whole and affected us on that level that we can't fully show up. So we feel less safe, less whole. Um, that's really when we refer to trauma within this book and when he's talking about it, that's what he's referring to. So the trouble, the struggles, the challenges that show up um, that make us feel um, less whole and feel that it's, we're less safe being ourselves and that it's kind of shakes our world a little bit so we can't experience the fullness of our lives. And so these walls prevent us from living the fullness and we have to get through, you know, all this potential rejection, this potential shame, the potential vulnerability and the potential instability. And we have to get through that pain in order to experience connection and authenticity and love and freedom. So it's really, really the question becomes, you know, taking a moment to evaluate what some of your pain walls might be is taking a moment to check in. Like, what do you wish you could express about yourself that you haven't, you know, taking the time to investigate, um, like what conversations do you wish that you could have, or is there a part of you that wishes that you could, you know, share your love or share something with someone like with others, like what's holding you back. So what do you wish you could accept in your life is another question. Those are all prompting questions that really helped. So like, like, what do you need to feel fully? And what do you need in order to experience your life fully so you can move towards this. So cool. Those are such restored, like, uh, like questions, um, reflective questions. 
Anyway, and so that that's the whole first part of his book is all about why presence isn't easy. It's not easy because we have, because life is hard and then things show up and it prevents us from fully being ourselves. And then also there's risk in fully being yourself, right? Because we might be judged. We might be not accepted. We might be, you know, it's hard to let your guard down because there's risk involved with that. So the pain wall and the first step to kind of decreasing, we'll call it the pain wall, the pain box. Uh, is to acknowledge it and to feel it. So since we often try to avoid our pain, we often try to make um, make our we we need to make ourselves feel safe. We need to have internal safety in order. And I love the way he put it in his book. He called it okayness <laughs> um, it, to help us move through these pain walls and to help us to make contact with our life. And that's so powerful. So in order to develop these internal this internal safety, we must rely on this idea and this concept of presence. And so the rest of the whole entire book is how to build presence. And the whole entire book, I must say, is all about mindfulness and meditation. And this is how we're going to achieve this internal safety that is the best way to build presence um, is to enhance mindfulness and also meditative practices. And all these things, they help us to feel safe. And it's actually a skill set that helps us on our journey towards presence so that we can illuminate, excuse me, like in our brain, what is going on? Like, you know, we can illuminate the inner workings of our mind. And the way I look at it, and I say with my coaching clients, it's almost like taking a magnifying glass on your mind. (laughs) It's like, it's like, and the great thing about um, mindfulness and meditation is it's training your nervous system to feel calm to take a deep breath, to feel safe. And what we can do is move closer to our human experience. So what we can do as a result is we can really learn how to dance with, you know, what's going on in our mind, how we can calmly be at peace and enjoy what is going on without judgment. So mindfulness in meditation is basically a practice. It's the practice of being with your experience you know, so it's like actually being with your experience. It creates space. It's full of curiosity. It's it's heartfelt. And I love the way he put it in his book too. It's, it's a mental fitness. So it's literally a practice. We have to practice and continue to practice. And so he gave us tools actually to help us um, with gaining this mindfulness and, and practicing with meditation in order to feel an enhanced presence. And he called them the four pillars. And the four pillars of presence are in the acronym is FACE. So it's focus, allowing, curiosity, and embodiment. So his suggestions are, so focus, so that is just all about stabilizing your mind. And focus helps us to stabilize our attention. And I do have ADD. And so all these techniques are so important for me, especially because my mind has a tendency to jump around and hop around. I always call it a monkey mind. And um, so stabilizing the mind is so essential on so many levels because it really does help us to control what we're focusing on. It helps to ground us. It enables us to more clearly see, you know, the different layers of our experience. And what I love about focus and stabilizing the mind is, and the way he put it within his book, is 
looking at your thoughts. So it's not just like, okay, I'm going to focus on one thing that's in front of me and that's all I'm going to focus on. It's more about, okay, stabilizing your mind to pay attention, stabilizing your attention in the present moment. But it's also thinking about your thinking. And in positive psychology, that's called metacognition. So you're thinking about your thoughts. It's like, oh, that's, it's almost like you're spectating your thoughts coming in and your thoughts coming out. So it's like, oh, oh, that's funny that that came in. Oh, okay. And then the thought goes by. So it's this this idea that really helps us with the capacity to stay attuned to and to have a steady mind and just clarity in that present moment without judgment, right? Without story interrupting, without, you know, that sort of thing. So some of the suggestions that he had to increase this idea of focus and stabilizing our mind is to shift out of autopilot. I don't know about you, but how many times have you just like, before you know it, you're driving home and then you're at your house, but you totally forgot that you drove. (laughs) That's because you went into autopilot. Your subconscious drove you home and your mind just wandered. You went into autopilot. So one of his suggestions in order to enhance this pillar of focus and to stabilize your mind is to monitor yourself. Try to move out of that autopilot as often as you can. And it becomes a freedom. This focus allows you to really stop your thoughts, stop the story that you might be adding to your thoughts, stop rumination and stop stress. So this metacognition allows you to kind of, um, move to a place of just observing and stabilizing that mind. And, uh, it's so powerful. He, he, his analogy was like, make your thoughts almost like water, just flowing where they're going in the present moment, but stabilize them. So they're not getting a story added to them. You know, we have mental chatter that we add. It's like observing those thoughts and focusing on them. And then his other suggestion or tips was to meditate often to cultivate this focus. So you can meditate while you're walking. You can meditate, you know, while you're brushing your teeth, you can exercise mindfulness, you know, and one of his tips was to pick, um, to pick something that you do on a regular basis. So it could be like, like example, brushing your teeth, do that with full mindfulness and be totally focused on it and present as you do it. And that was one of his tips for practicing. He also talked about, um, breathing exercises, just focusing inward on your breath, feel and be fully present in the sensations of your breath. And, uh, another one that I love his suggestions was shift. What is if to what is. And that's so powerful, right? I don't know if you know, it's called what ifing. <laughs> what if this happens? What if this happens? Oh my gosh, what if this happens? Um, we call that what ifing. And the shift in mindset around that, you can shift it to what is. And that right away relieves stress, that right away pulls you to the present moment, that right away takes you into um, a f- place of feeling safe and calm and like what is, what is here in this moment? It's like, oh, you know, it's amazing how sometimes the what ifing causes so much uh, rumination and story and stress. So great, wonderful tips to focus and stabilize the mind. That's one of the pillars to increase presence because presence, as we know, allows us so we don't, we can stop missing our life and be more present. Okay. So the next part of the FACE acronym is allowing. So this is all about giving yourself permission to be human. And that is definitely a positive psychology expression. Um, We are human, right? We're not invincible. 
Uh, we're going to have emotions that come up. So allowing gives us that ability to meet the moment as it is. And this is so hard because I mean, we all want to put on that game face. We all want to be quote unquote positive. Um, and so this idea of allowing and giving yourself permission to be human and meet that moment where it's at without grasping, without pushing, it really does help us to move kind of fluidly through our moments. And it really does allow us to embrace the unknown as well. So it's really important to understand like, you know, that we are going to have difficult moments and um, we are going to have these moments that we really feel vulnerable and that we need to be courageous enough to stay present Um, because sometimes we can go off into the future and off into the past. And uh, so allowing and also we could judge ourselves and judge others, right, for the painful experience. So when we are present to painful experiences, it opens us up to the parts of of what we usually are going to shut down. And in positive psychology, a lot of people like, you know, um, there are, there's a lot of, um, misconceptions around positive psychology where it's like, yay, yay, I'm positive all the time, but that's really not what positive psychology is about. Um, it's the science of human flourishing and it's basically, there's going to be good and there's going to be bad. It's just like, how can we flourish through it? Right. And so the idea is that there's value in staying open to the moments in our lives. There's value in good and not so good or bad emotions and And um, often we find happiness um, by pushing away bad experiences and we're grasping for the good ones. But the reality is, is that those painful experiences offer growth. These painful experiences open us up to a part of us that we normally might typically shut down. And so this idea of presence is um, allowing is so important because it, 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 it allows us to experience the fullness of who we are. And, uh, so the tips are to befriend your experiences, you know, like, um, if there's pain, it's like, nice to meet you pain. (laughs) So kind of settle your nervous system is the suggestion, calm the nervous system through mindfulness, through meditation and just breathe and then allow yourself to go in and out of some of these painful experiences or emotions and give yourself permission to be human. And there's so much compassion there, right? And we need that. We need that. I know it's like, um, sometimes we put on that brave face. I know I have in the past like two years. Um, but also this piece of allowing, and I take time to allow myself to heal. Um, and it's so essential and so important. Okay. So then the next part of the next pillar of presence is curiosity. It's the opposite of fear. So when we stay in this curious state, it brings us closer to our life. It brings us closer to all like all things in life. It allows us and facilitates deeper wisdom and then it allows us to really live well. So it's amazing that our experiences in life, you know, when we approach life with this curiosity and this gentle wonder, um, we can really show up more fully in our life. And so your mind wants to be happy. Your mind wants uh, to learn and grow. and, And so how we can deepen our presence is through gentle curiosity. 
curiosity. And um, what I love about curiosity, it keeps us in a place that's not judgmental. And when we're curious, instead of judging, uh, it really, really helps us to embrace learning. It helps us to embrace wisdom and also life experiences. So some of the tips that he had are to, so look at um, even your meditation, look at your meditation as a curious process, like, oh, where is my body holding tension or where do I need to let go of this tension or where do I feel that emotion in my body or, you know, just curious. So that's funny that that thought comes up, like observing and wonder why, where does that thought come from? It's like asking questions, like, you know, what is it like to experience? experience breath or um, what's it like to observe the miracle of thinking Um, all those things like what what am I smelling what am I seeing what am I hearing I know sometimes when my mind goes off into rumination I right away bring it back to a place of curiosity it's like hmm I wonder what it's like and also moves you right out of judgment right I wonder what it's like to be um actively addicted to drugs, right? And that puts you to a place of curiosity instead of judging someone that might be um, addicted. Okay, so that's kind of like an example. So the curiosity piece allows us to move into a place that's kind of full of learning, full of wisdom, full of growth, and in the present moment. So his suggestions are just to remain curious and appreciate new ways of seeing things. And I love this one. He suggested almost like you're interviewing um, an experience. So you know how an interview interviews another person? His suggestion is like, look at something like you're interviewing the experience. So become deeply curious, you know, about the person that you're with, about the experience that you're in. And it's so powerful. Um, He also talked about listening so that we're trying to understand instead of listening in order to respond. And that curiosity will really make you present in that moment. I know you know this is when you've had a conversation with someone, it's like you're having that conversation. It's almost like there's, it's like talking to a wall (laughs) and they maybe switch the subject right away or they don't even respond. And they kind of like, it's like, Oh yeah, I'm talking to a wall. (laughs) And so sometimes, in those moments, you know what it feels like when someone isn't genuinely interested or curious about what you're saying. Um, And so you know the flip side of that is when someone is genuinely curious and interested, they're present in that moment with you and there's a richness about that and it's very powerful and there's a wisdom that comes with that. And so um, there is training involved, right? It's like it's you're training yourself to find the extraordinary in the ordinary. It's training your mind to really appreciate the goodness that's right in front of you. Um, so that's powerful. And then the, the E in the FACE acronym um, to build how to deepen and build presence is embodiment. This is your gateway to presence, right? And so the embodiment just means... Um, that we have to remember our body, our physical form, the bodies that we live in are so important, right? And so um, one of the best ways to cultivate mindfulness and um, meditation, go through meditation, is to check in with your physical body. And this is what um, is called attunement. Um, so it's just like tap turning inward, like, um, where are you right now? in your day? Do you have high energy? Do you have low energy? Are you feeling heavy? Are you feeling light? Are you feeling joyful? Um, where do you feel joy in your body? Where do you feel anger in your body? I know I feel anger in my jaw and my fists. I feel like 
sometimes punching things. <laughs> um, so like what emotions are you feeling and where do you feel it? Body scanning is really, really important. How are you feeling? Where do you feel it? You know, where are you tense? Where are you relaxed? Um, where are you holding struggle? Uh, it's so cool because it's like that connection, that embodiment really helps with presence. And so some of the tips that he had was, you know, ground your body, do a body scan, name the emotion, name the sensations, make friends with those emotions, um, and just have movement awareness of your body and just to relax your body, progressive relaxation through your body and, you know, discuss and think about what it is that you're feeling. So those are all ways how we can build presence and build and deepen our presence. And, uh, this book is so great because it started with the concept of presence and it started kind of thinking about how ways we can soften our walls that keep us from fully connecting to ourselves. And also that's preventing us from connecting with other people and preventing us from connecting to the world. So it's about being able to experience, um, the fullness of what life, life has to offer. So it's all about staying present and, um, becoming more of who you really are. And I love it because it really did help with, you know, what parts of you are you suppressing? What parts of you are holding you back? And that was what resonated with me because I realized, holy cow, there are a few places that, um, I'm holding back. So let's go into that. So one of the analogies that he talked about within his book is, and I love the story that he used. It was, um, the cow path. <laughs> and this is funny because I, I used to use my grandpa's path. My grandpa used to walk up this path. It's the exact same path to his farm. He fed the horses every single day and he took the same path every day, so much so that the path got patted down and he would take the same path. And um, it's kind of like our neurological pathways. But the, the story that he used within his book is called The Cow Path. And it's about a little boy who lived on a farm and he used to watch the cows. They would walk from the barn to the other side of the field every single day. And then at the end of the day, they'd walk from that end of the field back to the barn. And as they'd walk, they walked kind of like in an S formation because they'd walk around these tree shrubs. They'd walk around this river. And so the, the path becomes an S or like kind of like a zigzag curve. So then Fast forward 40 years, the boy decides he wants to go back to, this man now, wants to go back to the farm. And so he goes back to the farm and he notices and he looks at the cows and he noticed that the cows are walking and doing the same thing. They're walking away from the barn in the same S formation and then at night they walk back to the barn. And what's interesting though is that at this point, they, the the water, the pond had dried up and the, the all the obstacles like the trees and the hedges had been cut down. But the the cows rather were still doing the same path. They could do a straight beeline to the barn, but they weren't. So it shows us, and I love that story because it really does show us that we create these pathways that protect us or that keep us safe, that really, you know, um, that become routine and habit and ritual that it's sometimes really hard to change. And so, um, the best approach of presence is to integrate all of these, you know, focus, allowing curiosity, embodiment, but we also need to understand that the capacity to change is, is sometimes hard because we put up these walls or we create these pathways that really 
really do prevent us from moving forward and showing up fully. So, you know, what are some of those pathways that you've created? What are some of the systems that you created that's preventing you from having a compelling future for yourself? Uh, it's really about learning uh, what is it that you're holding on to and, you know, is it still serving you? It's really being honest with yourself and this idea of presence and using those pillars to help us to kind of look at our thinking, look at our brain, look at our stories with curiosity and noticing what's coming up for us is so amazing because it can help us to fully show up uh, in our life. And one of the best things we can do is to become our own best friends. Uh, Self-acceptance comes from presence and all this mindfulness and this meditation and this training that he's talking about within his book is all about promoting self-appreciation and self-acceptance and allowing us to really build this capacity to to be more fully into our life, to soften those walls that keep us stuck, right? Uh, So reclaiming those shadows, that part of us that, you know, we sometimes push under the carpet, like the pain, the grief, the depression, the anxiety, the fears, the worry, everything like that. And to, and know that those are draining our energy. Those are things holding us back. And we typically suppress them, push them down or ignore them. But these shadows are part of us. So it's all about fusing them and recognizing that we have to look at these demons, that we have to find these shadows. We can give them form. We can create trust with them. We can become curious. We can use, you know, find the positive intention of what these uh, shadows might have. Like I know mine, my fear of, you know, being in a relationship and the wall that I'm putting up there is because I don't want to get hurt. Like I, my, my heart is like fragile right now. So I understand where it's coming from, but maybe that fear is keeping me too guarded. You never, you know, so uh, the idea is self-acceptance, nurturing, allowing, reclaiming your shadows, not pushing them down and suppressing them. They're there for a reason. There's something positive about them. So instead of focusing on what goes wrong, we have this negativity bias. It's all about cultivating positive emotions and shifting our focus to what's good through savoring and through focusing on our strengths and our loving kindness and shifting um, and, and making friends, befriending our shadows. And then that's like the main focus of this whole entire book. It's so fantastic. Uh, he did go into all these suggestions about time and technology and day-to-day presence, like, you know, how your phone, your brain gets hijacked, your attention gets hijacked. So his suggestions with the technology piece is to um, really use your phone to your advantage. So use your phone to practice meditation, use your phone to practice mindfulness, um, turn off notifications if they're distracting you. Uh, he talked about scroller coaster, right? So, uh, know when to stop. Um, also tidy up your phone, like use your phone in a positive way. You can even tap in and ask yourself like, what needs to change here? Is this making me feel energized or is this depleting me? Uh, and then also asking yourself what needs to change. That is so powerful, right? Um, do I feel good or do I feel energized looking at this feed or do I feel depleted and drained and what needs to change, right? How can I make this work for me better? Uh, all those things and being mindful in that practice, right? Where are we putting our focus? Where are we, what are we allowing? What emotions are coming up for us? 
us. What, how can we remain curious and in the moment and then embody, where are you feeling this stuff in your body? Right? So that's it. That book was so good. It's basically, you know, about softening those walls of potential pain and that usually typically cause us to shut down. And it's about building the resources of staying open to life and how we build the resources. It's through that face model, right? It's through that focus, ability to focus and stabilize the mind. Um, it's the ability to allow, uh, those emotions and give yourself permission to be human. It's about building up the resources so that we remain curious and, and curiosity keeps us away from fear. And then to, you know, your embodiment, like coming back into your body, like using mindfulness and meditation to really help you so you can fully show up and stop missing your life. Well, that's it, my friend. I have an awesome book for you next week as well. This one was so fantastic. I got out a lot out of it. Feel free to direct message me. Let me know what you got out of it as well. And I can't wait to, well, I don't really see you or hear you. It's funny because one episode I said, I'll see you next week or hear you next week. <laughs> but yes, if you message me, then I will. But thank you so much for joining me. And I can't wait for you to join me next week. Have a great day. If you like this podcast, that's like personal training for your mind. You've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books, I highlight, coach, and summarize the content in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show.